0: All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today I'm chatting with Hala, who started her career in radio production on the Angie Martinez show. Later, she focused on an entrepreneurial endeavor, the launch of an entertainment news blog site the sorority of hip-hop. She led an all-female team of 50 bloggers, and together they ran the site, interviewed celebrities, produced radio shows, and hosted parties and concerts. When the blog site boom slowed down in 2014, she took a temporary exit from the entertainment industry to get an MBA and has now over eight years of corporate marketing experience. Merging Hala's passions for radio entrepreneurship, business, and continued learning, she currently hosts the Young and Profiting podcast, and works at Disney Streaming Services, putting together a best-in-class marketing tech stack. Welcome to the show. I am super excited to chat with you. It seems, and we were just talking about this before we hit record, but it seems like uh, your name and my name keep popping up on the LinkedIn circles from all these mm-hmm. mutual uh, guests and contacts. So it's exciting to be able to properly sit down and and chat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited to be on the show. You know, I've been following, I think we've been connection on LinkedIn for at least a year now. And like you said, we run in the same circle. So I'm pumped to be here.
0: Well, let's kick it off. First question everyone gets just to get a little bit of lay of the ground on who you are as a person is, is that very question. Just who are you or how would you define yourself as the lovely human you are?
1: Yeah, so my name is Hala. I am a podcaster. Like you mentioned, I work at Disney Streaming Services full-time. If I could describe myself in one word, it definitely would be hustler. I'm working (laughs) 24-7 around the clock. Um, I've got my day job and then I work on my podcast, which is a top 10 self-improvement and how-to podcast on Apple. And I work on that at night. And, you know, I'm always... Um, I just launched a marketing agency as well so I'm super busy and I love to be busy I'm positive um, and just a person who loves life and loves to work hard and I and I think I'm well rewarded for all my hard work and dedication and drive
0: love it well I mean I can definitely feel that from especially LinkedIn and wherever you're you're posting content there's just a vibe of I'd say there's, there's, it feels like there's such a strong drive there. And I'm curious, like, where did that, where did that first turn on for you? Do you, do you remember when you started really feeling like, wow, like, I I really am all in on these areas in life?
1: Yeah, I would say that when I was a teenager, I think I was pretty average, you know, um, I would try to do things and I wouldn't necessarily succeed. So, you know, I tried out for the cheerleading team and I didn't make it. I um, I was a great singer, so I used to get solos in the concerts and stuff, but I was like never the lead in the play and, and just kind of average, like a B student. Everything was pretty average about me. And then I went to college. And I think that's where I really spread my wings. And I started to become like this determined, motivated person. And actually, it was because I found the law of attraction. So I I got really into the law of attraction, I started to realize that what I believe actually can come true. And you know, I started doing vision boards and um, just being more positive and Diving into self improvement content and learning more about myself, learning about how to think properly and to how to kind of control your thoughts and think positively, and then things started like really accelerating for me. I landed an internship at Haunt ninety seven when I was a junior in college. I ended up dropping out for about a year and a half to basically take on uh, an opportunity there and be an assistant producer to the Andrew Martinez show, which was like the number one show in America. And then all of a sudden I just became like so cool. I was like 20 years old getting <laughs> like hanging out with Chris Brown, like hanging out with, um, you know, met every celebrity you could think of would do interviews with fabulous and soldier boy. And like, all of a sudden I was like, so cool. And everybody wanted to hang out with me. And like, it, like, just things started accelerating really fast. And, you know, that experience really taught me like the, the value of hard work. Um, I actually pretty much worked for free and would have to hustle at night and work showcases and, and and go to parties with the DJs and stuff to make money. And so like, I was just like hustling 24 hours a day. And like, that's what like really set me off and, and started, um, started my motivation and drive. It was really the law of attraction that kicked it all off.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about that because I, I'm also a big uh, believer in in the law of attraction. And I remember, like when when things really started to come onto the mainstream, it was so, it was it it just fell into that major kind of woo woo space, right? Mm-hmm. And now you fast forward, and there's, I mean, th- there's probably still those perceptions in, in certain circles, but there's so much science that backs up a lot of, you know, just around thought and all that. I, I know this right now, so I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book on reflection. So, and literally working on the, the chapter that, that links to science. So it's amazing to see how far it's gone. Like how, yeah. what's your perception on just like the evolution of that whole space?
1: Yeah. So I actually interviewed John asaraf Um, for episode 62 of my podcast. And so he's huge in this space. He was on that movie called The Secret. Yeah. And um, what he talks about is how the law of attraction is actually reprogramming your brain by bombarding your subconscious mind with all these new beliefs because your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between what's real or not. And 90% of what you do, the decisions that you make, are actually from your subconscious mind. So the the whole point of the law of attraction, it sounds like it's woo woo. It sounds like it's magic. But what you're doing is you're reprogramming your brain um, with any new beliefs. So, you know, whether that's, let's say you're always late, right? Let's say I actually have this problem. And so I need to, to work on this. So let's say you're always late. So the idea is that you would reprogram your mind to to believe that you're never late. You're always on time. And you would yeah. repeat that and repeat that and repeat that until it becomes like you actually believe it. And then all of a sudden you're not late anymore because you do the things that you need to do to be on time because subconsciously you believe that you're an on point on time person, right? So I totally. think that it's it's really about reprogramming your brain and you can do that in so many different ways. You can write down your beliefs on paper over and over again. That's a very effective way. You can say them out loud, record the, record them on your phone. Um, I do this all the time. If, if there's something that I really want to change, I, I write down my my like affirmations, my new beliefs, and I record it on my phone. And then when I'm driving, when I'm working out, I just listen to it over and over again until it's something that I truly believe um, and then, of course, vision boards.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's that been a big one in my life. Is just, and I think the vision boards, though, like that's where when I was thinking of of when this all kind of came to mainstream, I was actually thinking of that movie, The Secret. That's when, when I was first exposed to it. And it, it's a great thing in the sense that the conversation started. But I think the the flip side of that is that a lot of people took that that documentary or movie as like you kind of don't have to put the work in. I think that's where where things started to derail. It's like, oh, yeah, yes. you're just going to do this vision board, right? And you're going to say these positive things. And then things are just going to start to magically appear. But it's, there's a whole process to it, as you described.
1: Yes. And, and action is totally key. Nothing works without the action involved. Um, two of my guests, David Meltzer and also John Asaraf, John they talk about the law of Goya, which is get oh, okay. off your ass. I don't know if oh, you've yeah, ever yeah. heard of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and essentially, like the law of attraction can't work unless you get off your ass and and do the work.
0: Totally, I love it. Um, what one thing I wanted to ask, just given the summary you gave of how everything really started to catapult, essentially in your career and connections and all of that, and it's centered around just remaining humble because you know, I've seen, I mean, I've been, like you said, we've been connected for probably about a year now and I've never got the impression of like, you think you've, you've reached this, this paramount top that you're always, you know, driving to do something else. And the other thing that really resonated well was like, you wanted to be a lead or uh, have a voice in your generation. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's hard to do that if you're, if you're derailed by, you know, being surrounded by celebrities and all of that, which, I'm curious to know like how did you process that because that's a lot especially at a young age.
1: Um I can't I can't tell you how I processed it. I I guess the reason why I stayed so humble is because I had a lot of ups and downs. It wasn't okay. just like this clear, you know, skyrocket to the top. First of all, I'm really not that famous yet. I think I'm just now you know, so many years later, like really finding my lane. I'm really, you know, I'm growing like a thousand connections a day on LinkedIn all of a sudden. Like, so I think things are are really going up for me right now, but I had a lot of ups and downs. Like, so I've, I've experienced a lot of failure and like devastating failure. So I can give you an example. You know, after I left Hot 97, I started, um, you mentioned it in your intro. I started an entertainment news website. It was called the Sorority of Hip Hop. And I I led a a female, 50 female bloggers. We became really big, really fast in the tri-state area. We were, you know, always shouted out on the radio, hosting the coolest parties. You know, we were treated like celebrities when we used to go out. And we were big in like New York, New Jersey. And our, our website was popular. And so MTV took notice and they signed us for they signed us to um, conduct a pilot with a chance of, you know, becoming a TV show. And so when I first started the blog, they, they, they noticed us and we did the pilot. It didn't work out, but I had just started and I was like, well, you know, it's two months in we already got some by MTV. I'm going to keep going. You know, <laughs> Nothing, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's <laughs> not a big, it's not a big deal, but then, you know, almost three years into it, they, they signed us again. This time it was like for way more money. They were like, it's, you know, 99% happening. We, we literally, hosted a concert that was filmed and they, they got us a studio in midtown Manhattan and like set it up. So cool. And like, it was like our dream come true. And I was like, I worked so hard for three years, like we're finally going to do it. Like we were making money off parties and stuff, but it wasn't anything that could sustain me for the rest of my life. This would like, you know, blow us out of the water. It was, we were so excited and they literally promised to us, um, after the second time we didn't get it. So I was really looking forward to it and you know, we never got the show. They, they Mm. decided they went with somebody else. Um, you know they usually do twenty pilots a, a season and then they picked other shows they didn't pick us even though they had like promised us and they've inv- they invested all this money and so that was like a huge devastation and I have so many examples of that and so um that's when I pivoted out of the entertainment industry for a while because I was just so devastated but I think that's what keeps me humble is because I know that like things can be taken away from you you could be like the coolest um, person in the state, like, and everybody knows you. And then all of a sudden, like you have nothing, you know, like, um, same thing with hot 87. It's like, I left that company and I was stripped of all my connections. And, you know, I, I put so much behind the, like working at hot 87 and that was my identity. And then all of a sudden that identity was taken away from me. And then I had to start it all over again with the sorority of hip hop, that website that I built. So it's like, I'm just used to like, you know, going so high and then crashing down and then having to build sure. it up again and so i think that's why i remain humble is because i know that it can all be taken away and i know that like you just need to optimize for the moment and um yeah i i'm just used to rejection
0: yeah yeah fair so when you're in those in those in those lulls essentially or or in obviously emotional times uh like the mtv example do you remember or do you know, do you have a set of questions or kind of actions that you rely on to pivot out of there? Like what's your process there?
1: Yeah. I always focus on learning something new. So when I left hot ninety seven, my focus was, I'm going to learn how to build a website from scratch. I'm going to learn how to blog. I'm going to learn how to do everything, social media marketing. And so like I learned all of that by myself and now, you know, 10 years, like, you know, about 10 years later, I'm like a really great marketer. And most of it is stemming from the things that I self taught myself a long time ago. Right. And so same thing with the MTV. Once I didn't get MTV, I immediately got my MBA. And I was like, I need to just like go back to education, like learn some new skills. I need to do something different. And even if it's like almost a distraction, like, I I didn't have anything lined up. So I was like, well, I might as well just go get an education at this point, you know, because I want to make sure that I'm able to sustain myself and that I can learn new skills. So I tend to like, just distract myself with education. It's, you know, it can't hurt. And it also um, helps me pivot into the next thing. And it just usually works out that way. So it's like you, every, every like negative thing, every rejection I've ever had, Um, like, right after it, I always find something that just, like, propels me into the next new thing. So I I think it's about channeling that negative energy into something positive, like um, self-education.
0: I love it. Well, and the other thing I noticed, too, I think it was in an interview you did with Jordan Paris, I believe, um, and he brought something up, like, something to do with your social graphics or your podcast graphics, and he was hinting towards that, like, other designers were doing these, these graphics and you're like, well, no, actually uh, I do those. So, you know, what I, what I love about it is that, you know, you pivot into something new, but you start right from the, the very ground up, like you said, like learning how to make websites. And I imagine now you, you probably have help in different areas as well, but <laughs> like you, you have the knowledge or the the core base of what it takes across the whole ecosystem for whatever you're working in. Right.
1: Yeah. So like you mentioned, I do all my graphics. Um, I have a team, but I'm usually the one who sets up the template. Like I'll design the initial yeah. thing and then I just, you know, here's how to do it team. Please repeat, you know, and, and and do this every week. So I usually set up the template, whether that's videos, whether that's a slider PDF or a graphic asset. Um, I'm not, you know, too good to get my hands dirty. And I, and I still like knowing the different apps and tools that are out there because it keeps me on the cutting edge um, especially with podcasting and marketing, like you need to be able to stand out. And so I, I enjoy it personally to, to, to do like, to be hands-on with, with my assets and things like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about podcasting because I mean, now more than ever, I think, you know, people are focusing this is even pre pandemic. And obviously when you have uh, big mergers or acquisitions from Spotify and Anchor and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's clear that this space is is really ripe for innovation, and it's just a matter. of Well, we're seeing it day in day in, day out. But what I wanted to ask you about because I I'm seeing this like very recent. I'd say I think Jesse Isler just posted something about this, but that they're you know he's firing up a 24 seven. Streaming podcasts, curating content, and I've seen this coming up over and over again. Chase Jarvis, as well, who's been on the show, um, has something going that that came out through the this pandemic. Like, where do you see this whole space going from where we're at now? Like, what what, what, do you see trends um, starting to take place?
1: Well, I'm noticing that podcasting is becoming more popular on YouTube, and that. Um, a lot of the successful podcasters are st- starting to at least incorporating some video into their podcasting. I, myself, yeah. I, I'm doing more LinkedIn lives, and then I'm converting those videos into YouTube videos. And a lot of them are performing really well. And so I'm going to start placing more chips as far as podcast goes on YouTube. So I think like just video in general, making sure that you have an audio and a video aspect is going to become more and more important, Um, And then I think eventually VR is going to be really important, but I I don't think that we have the technology yet to support that. But I think eventually you'll be like watching an interview from your living room and like, you know, seeing a hologram of the people right in front of you, you know, so I think more and more. That's going to become popular. And then I just think in general, those live stream platforms where people can actually comment in real time and be a part of the conversation is going to be more and more popular, especially with everybody, you know, sitting at home and and glued to their devices. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, it's interesting. Like you can see that Spotify and and really any of the streaming services when it comes to music, at least obviously completely disrupted the radio uh industry and but now it's like now shifting to these full-on streaming while you would know this with your day job as well but from specifically for for podcasting just seems like it's the next wave it's really interesting the um i really i've enjoyed your linkedin live videos how is that like in terms of if you compare youtube and linkedin i mean i know linkedin you have a, a pretty significant audience there but where where are you seeing the most engagement in in the platforms?
1: Um, I I get a lot of engagement on SoundCloud actually because people are able to retweet and and sometimes oh, okay. my my podcast on SoundCloud will get like twenty six thousand views because they just like go viral. Um, LinkedIn, I have built this this very organic following that's that's super engaged with my content. So the LinkedIn Lives work well. Surprisingly though, most of my views come later. Um, Something about the algorithm with LinkedIn Lives, it actually doesn't go into people's feed. They get a push notification, but they don't see it if they're just scrolling. And so Mm -hmm. um, usually my views end up coming later for people who are just like looking through my content. Um, But now they just started this new feature actually where you can invite people to an event and sync up your LinkedIn live to that. So I'm actually gonna test that out this Thursday and see if that drives more like, you know, real time viewers, but people do engage. I get tons of comments. It's, it's, it's really fun to, to know that people are listening to you. And I feel like I get a yeah. burst of energy when I know there's a live audience. Um, Totally, and I think that's just from my past of like hosting showcases and things like that. I I love a live audience, so I think LinkedIn Live is is cool. It's working well, Um, but I do think that like there's improvements to be made with like the algorithm on LinkedIn and to make it like work a little bit better.
0: Sure. Well, and LinkedIn, I mean, podcasting aside or the lives aside, um, no doubt. I mean, I feel like you and I'm thinking someone like Mark Matry uh, have really just nailed that platform, and it's. It has so much opportunity in terms of like real authentic engagement versus some of the other social networks. It's um they've they've done a really great job there. The newsletters too. I'm are you have you started a newsletter? Are you on that beta team to fire one of those up?
1: No, they 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 did not they did not approach me for a newsletter. I'm disappointed, but um, I see Quinton Alums has a newsletter. There's a bunch of yeah. folks, and I think it does work really well, especially because they send like an email notification. So I definitely think that's really interesting. LinkedIn has been doing some cool stuff. They just started a new polling feature, so um, I'm really impressed with that platform. And like you said, the organic reach you can't beat it. And I really feel that if you are a person who who's trying to provide value and, you know, you have decent copy editing skills, um, you can't really lose if you just give LinkedIn a shot. You have to be consistent. Um, but I really think that it's it's really available for anyone to, you know, kick off their social media following.
0: Yeah. Uh, last question on this topic, because I'm, I'm definitely pulling you down a rabbit hole of uh, <laughs> tech and social networks. And this is generally a podcast on mental fitness, so we will pivot, but before, you know, someone is sitting right now listening and they're, they're looking to launch uh, something, let's just say, whether it's podcasts, products or services and and whatnot on LinkedIn um, over the next six months or so, like where would you focus? Is there any kind of top tips that you'd suggest uh, to get something like that started up?
1: Yeah. So um, what I would suggest is First of all, you need to know like what your mission is. You know, what is the purpose of you sharing content on LinkedIn? You don't want to be self-promotional. You don't want to actually drive people to your business. You want to provide value like related to your industry, related to your business. So what I would do, honestly, is I would come up with like, I would like, let's say you have a website, right? I would write 10 articles and I would come up with like catchy titles, write 10 full articles. Your website has more information about your business, whatever. And then I would create social media posts that align to those articles. And I would start to create like a collection of posts that you would use on LinkedIn. And I would switch up like, you know, one day it's a video, one day it's a graphic, one day it's copy. Um, switch it up so you can see what works for your, uh, for your network. And then I would like create an arsenal of content so that once you're ready to start, you can be consistent because life, you know, gets in the way and sometimes you get busy. So essentially you'd have like at least 10 social media posts ready to go with assets, with videos, copy only, whatever it is. And they would be short bite-sized pieces of content that you could then drive people towards your website or wherever you're trying to lead them to that has more information. And then they can find your business or services themselves. So I think there's one aspect with content. But then I think the other thing that you need to do, and this is something that I did when I was starting my LinkedIn channel, and this is why I think everything turned out the way that it did, is because I would proactively follow people. So I would, um, and I haven't done this in like a year, but previous when I was first starting, I would go to somebody like Gary V, right? So Gary V has an audience that is very similar to mine. You know, he has a podcast yeah. that's educational, like kind of about marketing, kind of about entrepreneurship. That's very similar to the stuff that I do, right? So I would see who's commenting on his posts, not just who's following him, who's commenting on his posts, who's active on LinkedIn, right? Who is following him, who's liking his posts. And I would proactively connect with them, send them an invite, like, Hey, my name is Hala. I noticed you follow Gary Vee. Um, you know, I also host a podcast that I think you'll really like, would love to connect, right? And I would yeah. copy and paste that message to everyone. And then people would start to um, connect with me who were already engaging on LinkedIn, who already liked that type of content. And people in return, when I would post something, they would start liking my content because they like that kind of stuff. And then they started listening to my podcast. And then all of a sudden it was just like, you know, a spiral effect where the si- similar people were, intru- were like through word of mouth or because the algorithm, when people comment or like their people um, – who um, they're connected with, see that, see that, and then follow me. Um, So it just was like a spiral effect, but it took me doing like the legwork in the beginning to proactively find those people who would engage with my content. So I think those are the two, two major steps. It's like, get your content together, you know, be very prepared with your content in advance before you actually start posting so that you can post every single day. Then second is get a community that's actually engaged on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is full of dead connections. People who are looking for a job, get a job and then never sign in. You don't want those people connected with you. You want want people who are actually engaged on LinkedIn. So those are my two top tips for anybody who wants to start.
0: Those are fantastic. Thank you for providing the detail. I mean, and tip two is obviously how we met. So I'll definitely second that approach. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's Mark. Just want to take a few seconds to first thank you for listening and offer a free one-on-one 30-minute virtual mental fitness coaching session with me. Okay, so what's the catch? It's literally three minutes of your time to provide a review of the show They are so important. So the first three people to screenshot the review and DM me or tag behind the human on Instagram will get a message back from me to set up a time for a session. Thank you so much. And back to the show. I mean, even continuing from this, this topic and and pivoting into mental fitness, I mean, that obviously, you know, it takes a lot of work. uh, And like, what we kind of started the show with about a lot of the stuff around the law of attraction. I mean, you have to put the work in and you're doing many things um, including you know, obviously your day job and everything else. Like how, from a mental side of things, how do you keep your mind clear so you can see the right decisions forward or the next steps forward in whatever you're working on?
1: Hmm. So I think there's two aspects of this. One is to be very organized. So I've got a lot going on. I'm constantly writing to-do lists. I'm constantly prioritizing what I need to do. First thing in the morning is I have a list of everything that I need to do for all the different projects that I have. And I kind of like rearrange them based on what's absolutely necessary for today. What's going to have the most impact? What can I delegate? Um, And so like that helps me be clear on my priorities and what's actually important. Um, the mm. second thing is like exercise. I exercise every single day, and um I exercise right after I finish my day job. So like six o'clock every day for an hour is like me time. I exercise, I clear my head, and then it's like, okay, what do I need to do for my side hustles? and And so I think having that time, whether you like to cook, whether you like to work out, whether you like to paint, you know, having that time where it's just, free creative, um, where you don't have to think about anything related to work, I think is also really important.
0: Well, and I love that. I love that break in the day. And for people that, you know, might be listening that aren't jumping into a side hustle and maybe they're coming home, maybe their parents, whatever it is, or, you know, even just coming home and and slowing down before, uh, before the day wraps, I think it's just a great little buffer or like you said, a, a moment to clear your mind and fire up some, you know, some good neurochemistry in in the body, right? I love that. How have you been with just, obviously, we're all uh, working from home at this point. Things are changing. Some are used to it. Many are not. How has that shifted any of your practices? Or maybe it hasn't, but I'm I'm curious uh, to to see what you think.
1: Well, I used to commute from Brooklyn to mid To Midtown Manhattan, and that used to be about an hour a day each way, or like 45 minutes each way. So, all of a sudden, I found myself with two extra hours a day at least. (laughs) Um, and also, you know, I'm a girly girl, it used to take me a couple hours in the morning to get ready for work. Now, all of a sudden, I never have to be on camera, yeah. (laughs) So, I'm finding myself like sleeping more, first of all, and then second of all, having more time to do more things. So, I actually just launched a podcasting marketing agency because all of a sudden I have two more free hours in a day and it's something I always wanted to do. I never had the time. Now, all of a sudden I have the time. So um, I've actually found myself to be more productive. Um, do I miss hanging out with my friends and doing fun things? Yeah, it sucks. But yeah. I've found that I have time to launch things. And uh, and a lot of the times, like my marketing agency, I have editors and a team um and so I need like the the most time and work is gonna be upfront to get this set up, to get the processes right, to get the lead generation right, um and the business model and the pricing and it's like so it's like a lot of upfront work and then I just you know, I think we'll run like clockwork after that. And so once quarantine is over, hopefully I'll, I'm able to maintain it because it needs less time. So I think it's a great opportunity for people to start something um, because starting is always the hardest part. Starting is always the, the thing that's the most time consuming. And so I would recommend that if you're finding yourself with more hours in the day, learn something new, start a new side hustle. Like now is the time because we're never going to have, we're never going to have an opportunity like this again.
0: I agree, and what I love about you and what you've been describing on the show so far is just this, this mentality of you know going all in, really understanding what needs to be done, but then as soon as you can, start pivoting into implementing really efficient systems, which is essentially what you're talking about, right? So that, uh, like you said, if you know once things go back to whatever the new normal is going to be, or really anything you know comes up in life. Uh, you have the the tools and systems in place to keep things moving along it's uh yeah super smart
1: i'm really all about right now in my life I feel like I have enough experience now i'm really over the concept of putting in time for money i'm really yeah. I'm really over it like I have a day job i've been having a day job for a long time. I feel like i'm experienced enough where now I can just set things up and not necessarily need to be in the day-to-day in order to generate income. And so that's my whole big thing now is like, what can I do that's like scalable, repeatable, that I can train somebody who's less experienced than me to do on my behalf so that I'm not the one actually putting in the time um, so that I can just generate this passive income um, set things up at the start, make sure that it's quality, make sure that it, you know, it, it has my signature of approval, but I'm not the one actually putting in time for money. So like, that's my new big thing is like, just how can I, how can I make income without actually putting in so much time?
0: Yeah. Like long-term time. Cause you're definitely putting the time at, uh, up front with the initial idea, but i I'd love of that. Course, yeah. Yeah. That's great. When you, I mean, besides the the exercise, you know, the buffer in between kind of your two days, essentially, like when your mind feels maxed out, is there any tools, practices, things you uh, automatically gravitate to?
1: Well, I don't like meditate or anything like that. I always wanted to meditate, but I never got into it. But I would say like I mentioned this earlier earlier. If I'm feeling down about something, I like to write it out, first of all, that like just writing out my emotions and I tend to just put them on LinkedIn because people love on auth- authenticity. So if I'm ever mm-hmm. sad about something or I'm going through something, I usually turn it into a social media post because it's like journaling and creating content at the same time. Yeah. Um, so there's a tip for everybody looking to start on LinkedIn. Um, so I, t- I tend to journal. And like I said, I make that a live journal on LinkedIn. And, um, also if I'm trying to change my mindset on something, I, I write down what I want to believe and what I want to feel. I write it down over and over again in different ways. I say it out loud and I record it and then I play it for myself so that I train my subconscious brain. So like, that's really how I get out of like any rut that I'm feeling, um,
0: I love it. Well, yeah. you're talking to the guy that started a digital journaling apps, all prompt based. <laughs> so awesome. I'm I'm definitely into uh, good reflective questions, which is actually my la- or nearly my my last question. And you you've left a few of these, but what are your your go to reflective questions that you find circulate um, either on on a frequent basis or during big events in your life?
1: How is what I'm doing improving society or going to help someone be better? How am I improving myself and making myself better? How am I giving back? Um, How am I learning new skills? Things like that. Love
0: it. These are great. Really, really great. Last question for you. What truly makes you smile each day?
1: I think the most rewarding thing for me as a podcaster is to read all the positive reviews that people put out about my podcast to when people personally message me or put a review up on Apple Podcasts and say, you know, this has gotten me through quarantine and I don't know what I would do without your podcast or, you know, I learned something new and it helped me land a job or whatever it may be. Like, that's what keeps me going because I started my podcast to help other people be more successful, you know, make more money, be more entrepreneurial, believe in themselves more. And when I hear that my content has positively impacted someone, it makes me feel like everything that I do is all worth it. The nights, the hours, all the time I've spent is all worth it.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you and and personally acknowledge you for putting in that time and, you know, really working on your own mind and your system so that we all can benefit from all the incredible content you're putting out there and everything that you're doing to help others it's it really is a beautiful thing to see and i look forward to the path ahead for you
1: thanks mark i really enjoyed this conversation and i'd also like to give you credit for your amazing podcast you've you've been doing some great work
0: thank you so much